You're listening to Radio Influence. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights. And a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to a special holiday edition of the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Lloyd, joined by my co-host, as always, Justin Watson. Justin, it is Christmas week. We are recording on a Monday afternoon, so things are a little different. Took last week off, had some sick kids trying to get caught up uh, after the last show. So we're doing a little doing a little bit differently here to wind down the year, man. How's it going? You uh, you ready for the holidays? Yeah, man, I'm getting excited. Got a couple of days off coming up and uh, ready to spend some time with the kid. Yeah, that'll be nice. We're off. Uh, we're off for two weeks here, so uh, we're gonna have some some nice family time as well, and then we'll come back with a bang in 2020. Uh, today, uh, it is just Justin and I. We're gonna be doing uh, just a little bit of upkeep. We're gonna recap uh, the last couple weeks of UFC. We're gonna recap the Valor card from um, from the December 13th. Uh, since we didn't have a show last week, we always try to do a little recap. So Justin and I'll recap that as well. And uh, that'll probably be all we do today. Next week, we'll we'll jump back into it a little bit deeper. But still, next week will probably be abbreviated as well, with it being New Year's and whatnot. Uh, let's see here. Uh, rewinding a little bit, Justin, all the way back to last weekend. Not this past weekend, but last weekend. It was UFC 245, man. It was uh, the big pay-per-view. We talked about it in the lead-up, of course. It was a big card, three title fights. We'll run it down real quick here. Uh, it was uh, Punahele Soriano with a knockout over Oscar Pichota. A little bit of a mild upset there, I think. Uh, Jessica I with the unanimous decision over Vivian Arjau. And another uh, slight upset. It's Brandon Marino with the unanimous decision over Kai Cara France. Yeah, Chase Hooper with a uh, first round TKO over Daniel Tamer, the lesser Tamer, as we uh, as we established. I think most people would have expected probably a, a submission out of Hooper over a TKO, but he stays undefeated nine and zero. It was Matt Brown with uh, TKO uh, by ground and pound late in the second round over Ben Saunders. Um, and let's see, Omari Akhmedov with a decision uh, over Ian Heinish. And let's see, we had uh, Irene Aldana with a big knockout over Kellen Vieira, man. She knocked her the fuck out. Uh, and then rounding out the prelims, it was Jeff Neal with a big knockout over Mike Perry. So it was uh, it was either knockouts, it was like big knockouts, or it was decisions up and down the uh, prelims. Uh, Justin, anything uh, that you came away with? Yeah, like you said, a couple big knockouts. Jeff Neal and the, the uh, Aldana knockout were, were nasty. Um Good win for Matt Brown. You know, he had retired there for a minute, but right. uh, coming back and, and getting him a nice win there. Chase Hooper looked great, man. He weathered a little bit of the storm in the beginning and then, um, you know, ended up on top and mount and just got the ground and pound going. Um, kids, you know, I think he's like 20 years old or something. It looks like, a you know, he would be at home playing video games, but Very he stays out whooping ass. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt, man. The uh, main card, the pay-per-view, uh, got us kicked off. It was a it was a pretty star-studded pay-per-view, I got to say. Uh, it was uh, uh, Peter Yan with a uh, a big knockout uh, head kick over Uriah Faber in the third round. Faber uh, acquitted himself pretty good, I thought, in the first round. Like I I took a flyer on Faber because he was like you know plus plus 400 or plus 450 something it was pretty big um so i took a little bit of a small bet on him just to see if maybe we could catch lightning in a bottle and after the first round i was like well it's not looking great but you know he's kind of in there so who knows maybe he'll get a scramble and catch a submission at some point but it got a lot worse for him uh in the second round got busted up pretty good bleeding uh profusely and eventually uh just uh you know just got picked apart by yawn and the third round, he finished him off and uh, moves to 14 and one. It was Marlon Moraes with a split decision win over Jose Aldo um, in a very, very close fight. I think a lot of people thought Aldo won. Uh, your thoughts on uh, the uh, undercard of the pay-per-view? Yeah, Uriah just couldn't get the takedown. You know, I thought if he could get a takedown, you know, Jan might be in, in a little bit of trouble being, um, you know, a high-level boxer. 
but he kept it, kept the distance, and and you know got got a nice nice head kick there at the end. I lost my ass on the auto fight. I, I thought that he won that fight, but um, you know Dana White's still talking about giving him a title shot after that. So I guess uh, not didn't come off all that bad. First title fight of the evening. It was Amanda Nunez over. Um, it was a rematch for her, actually, the Iron Lady, Jermaine Durandamy. Um, and she finished her off pretty quick the first time. And this time, I think a lot of people kind of expected the same, myself included. I didn't think that uh, just a, I, I lost on this one as well. I took the under two and a half rounds and it went all five rounds. But it was Amanda Nunez with the unanimous decision. Uh, Durandamy just couldn't stay off her back. Uh, couldn't defend the takedowns, uh, you know, fought valiantly, fought hard, but uh, you know, Nunez just too much. Uh, the co-main event, we saw a new champion, a new 145 champion was crowned a featherweight. King is now Alexander Volkanovsky with the five-round unanimous decision win over Max Holloway. Uh, as a slight underdog, I think a lot of people kind of, kind of, you know, saw this. I'm not saying everybody. A lot of people were talking about this being a good possibility, though. And uh, Volkanovski looked really good out there. And uh, he's your new champ at 145. Uh, and then the main event, it was uh, Kamaru Usman with a late knockout, uh, TKO, I guess, um, over Colby Covington, who drops to 15-2. and two. It was a war. I mean, they really both, you know, slugged it out. Both fought very well. Um, you know, I, a lot of people thought that it was a bit of an early stoppage um, and that, Colby, um, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw that Colby was ahead on the scorecards maybe at that point. Personally, I thought Usman was winning the fight, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm not a judge. You are. Uh, what, are what are your thoughts on these, uh, on the three big ones? You know, that was this is very much a, uh, a top-heavy, uh, you know, paper. I thought the whole pay-per-view card was pretty solid, I guess, name value-wise. But, you know, they definitely were uh, promoting these three title fights. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Amanda Nunes, it looked like she was, you know, Duran was getting the better of her on the feet, and she basically just did what she had to do. Um, you know, getting just securing as many takedowns as possible and, and trying to get that control time um, and got the win. But, you know, it's it's mixed martial arts. If, if it was a kickboxing match, Amanda Nunes would have probably been in trouble, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she, she, she stunned her a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, their enemy looked good on the feet, but you know, just she she didn't have the same wrestling chops. Um, Volkanovski, you know, the those low leg kicks just over and over and over again, they just start to add up. It's kind of weird. Volkanovski's like six or seven inches shorter than Max, but has like a two inch longer reach. Yeah. So yeah, where Mac, you know, Max usually utilizes that range, um, it, it wasn't as effective with Volkanovski because he could still he could still touch him. Um, you know, big win for. For uh, New Zealand, there, um, Colby he was ahead on the scorecards. I think uh, I think one scorecard had Kamaru up and two had Colby up, um, and then I, I believe Colby was winning the the early part of that fifth round, which is what it was coming down to. Um, and you know, then he, yeah, I think he broke his jaw in the second round or something. You know, so tough as hell to keep fighting through that the stoppage was quick but i mean it, he wasn't going anywhere it was gonna it was just gonna be more of the same um but he may have may have been able to get out of there and, and get a decision which would have probably helped his claim for you know a rematch sooner than later sure. uh, but you know getting getting stopped makes that a little, a little harder um but it was a hell of a fight man both of them you know zero takedown attempts through the whole, whole fight which is Kind of, kind of what I expected, but I think you know most people would have thought that sure. it was going to turn into a wrestling match. But a lot of times, it's what you have. You know, when you have two high-level wrestlers, um, you know, they just end up staying on the feet. You know, just kind of, kind of uh, zeroing each other out. So, um, but I thought it was a great, great card, though. You know, um, Colby is obviously a very polarizing figure. Uh, he's got a lot of fans. He's got a lot of detractors. Uh, I don't think there's any denying that, that he fought his ass off out there in this, like him or not. You know, he showed a lot of grit. He showed a lot of skill. He showed a lot of toughness. Um, yeah, like you said, the, um, you know, his his jaw got broken, I believe, in the, about his second round sounds about right. And my wife and I were watching and we noticed that he's kind of like pawing at it a lot. He was kind of like holding it almost. And we're like, something seems 
seems like he's jacked his face up or something because he was very yeah I don't know if you know he just seemed like he was constantly just kind of like holding it for that second third round and then about the fourth round comes around and it's just kind of a, a known it's a known quantity at that point <laughs> you know he, he is it is broken and uh, you know with the power of the interwebs and TV and phones and shit the other corner had found out that it was broken by the fifth round. And so they had a bit of a target. So no matter what, you know, even win or lose, Colby really in my he gained stock in my book um, from a professional standpoint. I don't necessarily like like the guy that much still, but he's certainly gained more points in my book as far as just being a a warrior out there anyway. Yeah. You know, what really surprised me is that the the chance in the crowd were overwhelmingly for Colby. It seemed like it. Yeah, I mean, it was that was all you could hear was drowning out everything else was was Colby chants, and I definitely wasn't expecting to hear that. Um, right, but you know, tough as hell. Like I say, he told his corner in the second round. I think I broke my jaw, um, and you know, apparently he did. I, th- I think they said it was a um, displaced mandible. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, but like you said, I mean, it definitely didn't didn't hurt him. Um, the loss didn't, didn't really hurt him. And I think from hearing his coach talk, his spirits are still high. He's not, not down on himself at all. And they said that his confidence is, is no lower than it was going into the fight. So I think you'll see Kobe back sooner than later. So that wraps up UFC 245 and the UFC wasn't done. Uh, they had one more card in store and that went down this past weekend in the wee hours of the morning. I actually was awake to, to watch the first two fights of this card live, and then I fell out. But uh, I actually saw the first two fights of this show. It was the UFC on ESPN Plus, number 23. Can you believe we have had 23 ESPN Plus cards uh, already? That, to me, is pretty pretty crazy. Uh, this one was all the way over in South Korea. And uh, we'll do a quick rundown. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. It was uh, – we're not going to even go through all the fights, honestly, but we'll go through the names we know. Ryan Benoit uh, with a loss, a split decision loss to uh, Haley Alating. Uh, it was uh, Miranda Granger losing by submission to Amanda Lemos. Not a good night for the Americans, let me preface this. <laughs> I was saying uh, the USA fighters did not fare uh, that well. It was uh, Hayoni Barcelos with a unanimous decision win over Saeed Nurmagomedov. Uh, Alexandra Pantoja with a big knockout over Matt Schnell, but they were really going at it. I mean, that was that happened late in the first round, but they but Schnell like was in the fight all the way till he was out. <laughs> uh, then it was Omar Morales with uh, staying undefeated, moving to nine and zero with the decision over Dung Hyun Ma. Uh, the maestro, the last time we saw him was against uh, Hot Sauce, Scott Holtzman. So I, I remember that fight. And I remember he impressed me. He's been super tough. Um, it was Sung Woo Choi uh, with a decision win over Suman Mokhtarian. Uh, those Mokhtarians, they don't do very good, it seems. <laughs> they, they always get their ass kicked. It seems they got big records, but then like. I think it's like they're really like padding their records over there. I think that like I read somewhere where like they run their own promotion over there too. Uh, Cyril Gane moves to six and zero with a decision over Tanner Bozer. Uh, Kyung Ho Kang with a decision over Ping Wan Lu. It was another decision. Uh, Jun Young Park over Mark Andre Barreau. Uh, da Un Young with a big knockout pretty quickly over Mike Rodriguez. The Americans still looking to get on the board there uh, all the way into the 10th fight. Uh, Charles Jordan with a bit of an upset over the Korean. Is it the Korean like Superboy or Wonder Boy? Something yeah, like that. Superboy. Yeah. They knocked him out. He, he, I thought for sure they'd set him up to win there, but he lost. Got knocked out. Uh, Vulcan Ozdemir with a split decision over Alexander Rakic. And in the main event, Frankie Edgar gets knocked out by the Korean Zombie. Chan Sung Young in America it goes one, two, three, four, oh, and four, oh, and five. I'm sorry, USA was oh, and five in South Korea. I wouldn't have predicted that. No, that's wild. <laughs> uh, yeah, your take. Uh, I, I don't know if you got to see much of it, but I'm sure you've seen the results. Anything, uh, anybody star shining brighter, anybody uh, fall off a cliff, or any, does any of this even fucking matter? Um, I mean, it was. I just got to see the highlights. You know, it seemed like there was some good fights. Who was it that uh, Amanda Lemos fought? Uh, she fought Miranda Granger. So on Google, I guess it's 
I guess they have her and Matt Snell kind of mixed up. So, like, on that fight, it's got her picture and Matt uh, Snell's name. Oh, no. And then on the Pantera or Pantoja Matt Snell fight, it's got Matt Snell's name and that girl's picture. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that from Matt Snow before. I guess they just got something mixed up. It's <laughs> kind of funny, though. Um, Maybe it's because he fights at like 125, 130 pounds. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I think uh, Korea, the, the Korean fighters only, I think they went like seven and two or something like that. So like you said, not a great night for the Americans, but um, it was a good good showcase for Korea um, being down there, you know, tough loss yeah. for for Super, Super Bowl or whatever his name is, but um, for the most part, most of them, you know, got went in there and handled business pretty well. And, you know, a lot of these these cards that happen in Asia and whatnot, uh, you know, it's an uphill climb for a lot of the local fighters just because they're just not as, you know, not as experienced, not as well-rounded. Uh, and in this one, they did a pretty good job of uh, making sure the Korean contingent had a good showing. Obviously, I'm sure they want to have a good uh, you know, a, a good fan base and a good rapport with those uh, South Korean fans. And, you know, I will say this, they're, they're fighters, they're action fighters, you know, like you, they go out there and they fucking go for it. You know, they're not, they're not out there playing it safe. Uh, there's not a lot of grinding and all that. So, uh, you know, you know, props to them. And, um, and usually the, the Americans, I'll say a lot of the times the Americans, even when they're on these overseas cards, they are, uh, still able generally to, to overcome for the most part, just be, like I said before, just be due to being a little more well-rounded, just better competition. And this time, uh, man, it just didn't work out for him. And, uh, Frankie Edgar at the top of the list, he was a short notice replacement for, uh, for Brian Ortega. And so, uh, you know, even though he probably doesn't have the current ranking and all that, that um, that uh, the Korean zombie could take from him, he still probably has overall, you know, the bigger name as far as just being like, you know, a staple in the UFC for you know a decade. Yeah, I'm not sure what, he, what his rank is, but um, I mean, you know, like you said, he's, he's a perennial contender. I mean, he's always going to be somewhere around around the top um, and always just a couple wins, a couple big wins away from a title shot, you know. Well, um, Korean Zombie was calling for a title fight at the end. You think he's ready for that? Yeah, I mean, I don't I hate it for sure. You know, he fought he fought for the title once before against uh, Aldo, I think it was, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he dislocated his shoulder, like, early in the fight, I believe, and, um, you know, never really got a chance to to see what he was what he was able to do, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't hate that fight for sure. That'll do it for our UFC recap. And, uh, that's it for the UFC for, uh, 2019. We will, uh, be out of uh, things to discuss until 2020 in that regard. I think, uh, when we give on here next, uh, Monday, we will have a, uh, a Bellator card to kind of, uh, to go back over. They're having a big show in Japan on the 28th, I think it is. And it's got a bunch of, <laughs> old school guys it's like uh you know it's rampage versus fedor and and all that good shit so uh we'll we'll see if we're able to stay up for that one or not uh moving on let's go on to our, our main segment of today's show and that is a recap of valor 67 it went down friday the 13th of december so we're um we're about a week and a half removed from it now uh and it was at the world famous cotton on joe an amateur showcase if you will. And uh, we had a lot of fights, a lot of newcomers, a lot of uh, young blood and a lot of action, man. This is one of those fun ones. I, I, I really had a good time at this card. I got to say uh, we ran a live stream on Facebook for this one. So if you want to go back and check that out, you can go to the Valor page and look in our videos and it should be uh, not buried too far down. I would think uh, just a week and a half. Uh, past the fact and you can uh, check it out you can watch all the action and there's a lot of good action we'll uh, start with our early prelims it was a lot of Muay Thai action it was the young Tyler Jones moving to three and one I believe now uh, with a win over Billy Eady uh, and uh, Justin as we go through these we'll recap our picks panel as well because this was the last uh, show of the quarter for the picks panel going in uh, Mr. Greg Hopkins had a three-point lead, if I'm not mistaken, over Billy Swanson. Uh, let's see. I believe you're right. 
Who do you got a three-point lead over Billy and a five-point lead over Jeff is how I, I think it was. It was two over Billy and five over Jeff. Two over Billy, five over Jeff going into this card. So it was Tyler Jones, uh, young Tyler Jones from Cocker's Martial Arts. Kid we're high on, a guy that we've uh, been seeing a lot this year. Keeps it rolling with a uh, late stoppage over Billy Edie. I want to say that we got to the third round on that one before Billy finally succumbed. But, uh, you know, Billy looks like he's got some potential, too. Uh, well, the kid's built pretty good, just needs to needs to get in, a, in the gym and train. And, uh, you know, he'll improve. These are, uh, these are juniors. They're not... They're not of age yet. Uh, your take, uh, Justin, and also how the uh, picks panel went. The picks panel went uh, unanimous for Jones on that one. Um, you know, I thought he looked. I thought he looked really good. You know, those those junior kickboxing matches. It's a it's a great opportunity for for younger fighters to get a little bit of exposure and you know kind of get their feet wet and get the jitters out uh, before they before they make the transition. Um, it's a big, I, I love watching a big advantage, I think, for these kids that can fight for two years before they're even 18. And by the time they're 18 and starting to do MMA and whatnot, they've already gone out there four or five, six times. Yeah. And, uh, and that's that's where you, you're going to get these phenoms, you know, like, you know, I don't know if he has any experience like this, but, you know, like the Chase Hooper kid, 20 years old in the UFC. Right. I mean, that's that's how that kind of stuff is going to happen. Well, Chase Boutwell is a good example. You know, we saw Chase before he ever yeah. turned 18 coming out and doing juniors kickboxing. And now he's a pro, a very young, you know, he's gone pro probably before he can drink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a good move if you're able to do it. Uh, moving on, we had 145-pound uh, Muay Thai action. It was Chris Weathers versus Kai Bishop. Uh, a couple more young uh, greenhorns. It was Kai Bishop representing Ascension MMA getting the if i'm not it was either their second or third round stoppage over weathers uh the headgear really bothered weathers you could tell we had a late um uh, i guess change of plans on whether or not to use that we ended up using it and uh that said uh, kai bishop uh still very good very composed uh, well trained uh, skilled and i uh, look forward to seeing what uh what he does next uh how do we shake out on that one uh, Greg went with Weathers, so he dropped one there. Billy and Hobbs both went with Bishop. All right, so one made up there for the uh, the closing uh, contestants there. Up next, this one was one of my favorite fights of the night, actually. This was a 205-pound tie fight, two debuts. It was Jackson Stum out of Kame House in uh, Hazel Green, Alabama, with Travis Gregoire and the gang taking on Jake Willis from Wolves Den in Madisonville. He uh, is a part of a trio of 205s on this card. He's got two teammates at 205 as well. Jake kicked things off, and man, this was an absolute war. Uh, <laughs> Jackson Stum is one of the, you know, I, I didn't expect this until I saw him in person. And when I saw him at the weigh-ins, I was like, holy shit, like this guy is yoked. I mean, this Jackson Stum guy, like he's he sent in his picture for his for his poster, his profile, his announcement graphic. And I think on purpose, he tried to make himself look kind of like just kind of, I don't want to belittle anyone here, but he made himself look just kind of like kind of geeky, kind of just, you know, like unassuming, not dangerous. And then you see the guy weigh-ins and the guy is just I mean, he's put together. We'll say that he is massive. He is a. He is a 205 in every sense of the word, <laughs> like every bit of it. And uh, J- Jake Willis, uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, not a small guy by any means, but man, he was giving up some size here. I would have to imagine uh, Jake probably walk had to just be walking maybe 205. Jackson surely cut a, a decent amount of weight. Um, so the size differential was was glaring i would say uh that said when they go out there uh and they've got to they got to fight the fight you know uh first round uh jackson stump very confident you know he's very he's uh you know he's very um bright you're not say that he's cocky but he's confident man he's brash and he's feeling it and uh he puts it on jake in the first round the second round though jackson slows down a little bit jake turns on the gas and he drops jackson and so we get uh going into the third round it's actually one to one and the third round is uh is uh, jackson stums and he ends up taking i was that a decision or was that a stoppage justin 
believe it was a decision. It was a decision. That's what I thought. So Jackson Sum takes a decision. It was a clear, like, it was definitely like two to one Jackson. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, man, Jake Willis had like when Jake dropped Jackson in the second round, that place fucking exploded. <laughs> like it was like, whoa, because like Jake had a lot of fans right there at Kate's side. And, uh, you know, and again, it, it, my my description doesn't do Jackson Stum's physique justice. You know, like this guy, you know, he looks like he could be in WWE uh, just, you know, put together. And uh, Jake Willis, uh, not impressed. He walks through it and, and gave him everything he wanted. That was, in my opinion, one of the absolute most entertaining fights of the night. Really excited to see both these guys back in action. Yeah, it was a really fun one. Like you said, Stump, I think he is kind of nerdy. He, you know, he had like the Princess Leia buns. Yeah, yeah, uh, he did. He did. In the cage, but he's out there, you know, throwing axe kicks and all kinds of stuff. But when he got hit, you know, that was right in front of me. And man, that was a, that was a big, big shot. You know, he went straight down and um, you know, you gotta, gotta give it to him for getting back up and keeping fighting. You know, you know, he got a lot of people would have, would have called it quits there. Um, but it was, that was a, that was definitely a fun fight. All three panelists got that one wrong. Oh, all three panelists got that one wrong. We owe Jackson Stum an interview. Maybe we'll get him on here next week for our uh, last, uh, show of the year. Uh, something tells me that would probably be entertaining. Uh, <laughs> Moving on, two more debuts in uh, lightweight Muay Thai. It was Cole Coffrin uh, making his debut out of the Iron Fist Dojo in Smyrna, Tennessee. My buddy Mike Ely, good to see those guys again. We hadn't seen those guys probably in about, shit, man, four or five years since they've been on the scene. So uh, they've got a young buck, Cole Coffrin, 18 years old, uh, taking on the debuting Joseph Hishme from Shield Systems, another uh, one of their young bucks they had. And, uh, you know, these guys both put on a great fight. It was close throughout all three rounds, but it was Joseph Hishman who got the uh, clear cut, the unanimous decision and uh, starts his career off at 1-0. And I'm sure we'll see Cole again soon. I've already talked to his team and, you know, he's excited to get back in there. Uh, Your thoughts and also uh, the panelists uh, picks. Yeah, it was a tough fight. Hishman, you know, he he looked good as, um, you know, he kind of looked unassuming as well and um yes. yeah i feel like he he uh proved some proved some people that uh not to judge a book by its cover maybe um but uh greg and hobbs both got that one billy dropped that one all right so that uh, we're back to where we began on the uh standings is that right so yep. three two up still right all right up next is bantam weight uh, action movie tie females and uh, this was a good one it was elizabeth sacarsis from uh from a core uh combat in uh louisville kentucky first time hosting them it was great having them down hopefully get them down some more uh she uh fought dana callis from uh, ascension in atlanta and um it was uh callis getting a unanimous decision victory over uh Sikasis and uh it was a well-fought uh battle by both ladies very technical uh excited to see them both back and i, I believe dana uh you know it's a good chance we'll see her doing the mma it was a good fight you know both of them um you know pretty technical uh, you know, just back and forth. Uh, all three panelists got that one, though, for Dana. And then uh, rounding out that segment of the card before we went to break, it was uh, one I was excited for. It was 170-pound Muay Thai fight, and this one was interesting because it was Emory Norred uh, out of Blaylocks uh, coming in, and he was 4-1 and one in MMA, but it was his first time doing Thai against a very uh, experienced Thai fighter in Zach Fox from the Lee Kickboxing Academy in Beattyville, Kentucky. Zach coming in with a record of 8-5. and five. In uh, Muay Thai, uh, had not fared uh, well in his brief uh, ventures into MMA early in his career. Now he strictly does uh, Muay Thai fighting. So uh, a, a big challenge for Emery in his first Thai fight. And uh, he went all the rounds. But ultimately, Zach Fox just, uh, you know, just too much uh, in getting all the. Well, actually, now that I think about it, they called that a split decision. Now, uh, I had that uh, all the rounds for, for Zach Fox personally. But. 
but uh, uh, you know, Emory still made a good accounting of himself in there. Uh, Fox just uh, with that left uh, high kick was just landing, you know, uh, all night, and it's it, it's and it's one that kind of you know ooze and awes the crowd, you know, which uh, which certainly helps uh, with the judges as well. Yeah, I had Fox on that one too, um, but I was impressed with Norad. You know, his his, his uh, durability and. Uh, you know, he, he was still coming forward. He wasn't wasn't backing down, uh, even though he was obviously, you know, pretty outclassed in in that style. I mean, you know, that's all Zach Fox does. So um, for that to be, you know, to debut against somebody like that is is no easy task. And uh, Emory Norad, you know, I think he made a good count of himself. Um, I don't know, I don't know that he if how interested he is in in doing more kickboxing, but um, you know all that stuff is it helps with his MMA career too, just getting the experience and, and getting in there and getting some different looks and stuff. So um, it was a fun fight. Billy and Hobbs dropped that one and Greg adds one point to his lead there taking Fox. Okay. Okay. And uh, man, Fox to me looks like a guy that's uh, getting real close to being, you know, uh, making that jump, I would think to the pros, huh? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, there's not a, there's not a huge uh, contingency of, 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 pro tie fighters out there, I don't think, but, right. um, you know, maybe he may be doing some traveling overseas before too long. Up next, it was uh, shifting gears a little bit. You got to come over and enjoy this next one uh, over at our table because you didn't have to judge. It was um, 170-pound combat jiu-jitsu slap grappling, as we affectionately call it here. And it was Claire Alvarez from Kame House taking on KMAA's Rebecca Alcorn. Alcorn, Alcorn, I should say. I, I, it's, it's Alcorn. Um, anywho, in, uh, this ended up technically being a time limit draw. We went 10 minutes and never got a submission. But a uh, very dominant performance by Rebecca Alcorn, uh, who had uh, you know great position the whole time and hammered away at slaps. Uh, just never could you know cinch up a submission. Claire did a good job of of uh, at least defending the submission there. Uh, but she took a lot of slaps. Yeah. If that would have been a decision, it, it definitely would have been Alcorn's, uh, Alcorn's fight, but um, submission only. So we just got 10 minutes of uh, top control from Alcorn. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty dominant, you know, just just couldn't get the submission there. Uh, Greg and, and Hobbs went with Alvarez and Billy went with Alcorn, but nobody gains a point on that one. No points. Now we get to the MMA, and this next one was a fun one. I was looking forward to this one, and it was uh, a middleweight, 185 pounds. It was Anthony Rogers coming in from Cleveland uh, against uh, Tommy Waller making his debut out of Knoxville. Two independent fighters uh, going at it, and so when you get that, a lot of times you get just a kind of a wild melee of a of a brawl, and that's what we got. Uh, it, the fists were flying, and this one only lasted like 28 seconds, but it seemed like a lot of action in the 28 seconds, a lot of wild fists flying. A big uppercut from Tommy uh, drops Anthony Rogers, and then the blood started flowing. And up until that point, Mark Laws had had a pretty uneventful evening, but uh, we got – probably more blood in this one than we got in just about any of the other fights. It was uh, a gusher from Anthony Rogers. Tommy Waller ends up getting a submission. Was it a guillotine? I believe one of the only submissions of the night, he ended up getting submission of the night and uh, Tommy kicks his MMA career off with a win one and Oh, for the Dunkin Donuts uh, man, Tommy Waller. So uh, your thoughts and the uh, panel's take, bro. <laughs> Tommy Waller <laughs> does not look like he's going to be stepping into a cage to fight. And when yeah. he when the when the bell sounded, he went straight across the cage and just blasted that dude in the nose <laughs> so hard. He's he's a very sweet young man. You would not expect it. No, totally not what I was expecting. Um, completely dominant. Obviously, it wasn't very long, but um, I mean, you know, he went in there like he had something to prove and uh he proved it to me um greg took him on that one billy and hobbs dropped on that one going with rogers uh so that puts greg back up one all right and um tommy it looks like is going to be back in march so we'll see what uh what march holds for mr waller 
moving on to to another another fun one, man. This was a 205 pounds MMA. It was Neil Gray representing the Spartan Academy in uh, South Carolina, taking on CJ Talent of the Wolves Den in Madisonville, the second of their contingent to fight. Um, and this one was a, this one was a crazy one. This was had a lot of scrambles, a lot of back and forth, a lot of uh, uh, reversals in position. Uh, neither guy could really just lock the other one down, you know. And it ended up being Neil Gray uh, getting the win by decision, I believe, uh, over uh, over CJ Talent. Um, in or did did he did he get him out of there in the third? I can't recall, but I know that it was a it was a it was a good entertaining fight that uh, that that had uh, you know good moments for both guys. Yeah, man, that one was a tough one to judge. Uh, totally, you know, not it was more of a, what you would expect to see from some smaller guys uh, with all the scrambles and stuff. But um, but it was a fun fight. All three panelists dropped that one with the talent. Moving on, we had a short notice replacement fight here. Uh, Dan Bailey uh, originally supposed to take on Tyler Wilkerson. Wilkerson goes off the grid. Elijah Gilbertson steps up um, on the week of the fight and steps up a weight class as well. Take on Dan and, uh, you know, props to Elijah for for always being willing to, to just fight whoever's put in front of him. Always game, but uh, just didn't have enough on this evening and uh, takes a pounding uh, from uh, Dan Bailey. Uh, got a pretty good uh, swollen eye there afterward. Hopefully uh, we get to see Elijah back in his proper weight class here in uh, the next month or so. Dan Bailey moves to three and oh undefeated and uh got to be in the in the talks now i would think for uh one of those fights up at the top of the weight class yeah for sure he's you know he scooped him up bailey scooped him up uh early and almost dropped him on his head i mean it was a a big slam uh and then just just unleashed the ground and pound um but super dominant performance you know it's kind of what we're what we're used to seeing from bailey at this point all three judges or all three panelists i'm sorry picked uh bailey on that one we shifted gears back to Muay Thai uh, on the next one. It was another kind of late, uh, late fight that came together for two guys that were both originally on the card. So it wasn't like either guy um, wasn't training to fight, but they were training to fight different guys. Anthony Rodriguez originally to face Andrew Temple. Temple was out on the week of the fight. Uh, and so Anthony Rodriguez ended up taking on Jalen Harper. Jalen Harper supposed to face Daniel Gary. Uh, from the Goon Squad, who pulled out on the week of the fight. Um, and so we ended up uh, putting these two guys together. Uh, it, now, in fairness, uh, Rodriguez was preparing for a tie fight, whereas Harper was preparing for MMA fight, had to shift gears to do tie. However, he had done tie before. So, uh, you know, he was 1-0 and in Muay Thai coming in. Uh, Anthony Rodriguez technically making his debut in Muay Thai has had a, a shift in camp. So the first time we saw Anthony Rodriguez, he was more or less an independent uh, in training with this team Boca, which I don't even think is a thing anymore. Uh, now he's with Shield Systems, and man, it showed uh, a lot of improvement from Anthony Rodriguez. He looked really good out there. Harper game in the fight the whole time, but uh, it was Rodriguez pulling out that uh, unanimous decision win. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with, with uh Harper, but you know, didn't know uh, Rodriguez, so uh, I was really surprised and, and very impressed with Rodriguez. All the, all the panelists went with Harper on that one. Well, the first time we saw Rodriguez, he did MMA and he fought uh, a teammate of Jalen Harper's and Anthony Bryant, and he lost. Okay, so I think yeah. that was I think that was uh, probably you know where the the panel's bias came in. Yeah. Okay, moving on. 145-pound MMA, a fight I was looking forward to. It was JMT, Javante Miles Trow, taking on Jacob Harrell. Uh, JMT out of Kame House, Jacob Harrell out of Powell's Martial Arts in uh, Henniger, Alabama. It was Jacob Harrell uh, getting the win here uh, by, this was another decision. Uh, Jacob Harrell was able to uh, control the stand-up and really just kind of, you know, had the better clinch moments. Uh, JMT, uh, an explosive guy but never really just pulled the trigger on this one yeah harold you know pretty much controlled the whole fight i think early jmt caught a shot to the belly that he uh you know said was a low blow i kind of thought he was was just trying to get out of there at that point but uh he came back and, and finished the fight um but wasn't really that close harold harold was pretty dominant there 
How did the uh, panelists? Uh, Greg play? took Harold on that one, so he went up another point. Billy and Hobbs both put, took JMT. And at this point, it looks like Greg is going to run off with uh, the prize. Uh, we'll see how it shakes out, but I'm pretty sure that's how it's going to be. Uh, moving on to another highly anticipated MMA bout, this one at featherweight. It was the debut of both of these gentlemen, Montana Keats out of Ascension versus Chance Gilbride from Agogi in Chattanooga. And a lot of people were very excited to see Chance Gilbride debut because he's done a lot of the uh, the uh, grappling uh, events and jujitsu matches, but he'd never done um, MMA. And so, you know, he was he was it was a lot of uh, curiosity and excitement over how he would do uh, in, a, in a fight. Uh, Montana Keats uh, coming from a very, uh, very well-trained uh, environment there at Ascension MMA. He's with a great team and the guy is, you know, he's put together. I mean, he's super tall, long, <clears throat> athletic. I mean, you saw the weigh-ins, you're like, man, Montana is uh, put together. You know, he's he's a lot bigger than Chance. And, you know, I think uh, a lot of people uh, that had, you know, been backing Gilbride coming into that started maybe having second thoughts. Not Chance, though, as uh, he, uh, you know, uh, the stand-up exchanges uh, were, were favoring Montana. But when it went to the ground, uh, Gilbride just unleashed some vicious ground and pound, like, you know, posting up on their necks and then delivering just – Vicious, savage ground and pound, uh, got him out of there in the first round of the TKO, and Gilbride's star is uh, is bright early. Yeah, he, he was blasting him. Um, you know, the, the crowd was, was probably the most live crowd we've had at the Joe, definitely in some time. Oh, they're um, and and this one this one had him hyped too, you know. There were though I think I think some people might have gotten kicked out after this fight. Um but yeah, all three panelists went with Gilbride on that one. All right, moving on. It was um, Bantamweight action next. It was young Jackson Donovan, KMAA, coming in 2-0, and and he took on Austin Spires out of Cookville, who was making his debut. Uh, a little bit of a feeling out process early. Jackson Donovan ultimately, though, uh, gets him down in the first round and uh, grabs a submission Moves to three and zero, uh, and the youngster from KMAA is uh, moving up the rankings quickly in that amateur bantamweight division, and uh, I believe he's uh, probably ready for a step up next. Yeah, I man, he's he's uh, rattled off a nice nice three wins there. Um, all three panelists took him on that one. Yeah, Jackson's another one of these young bucks. He's 18, 19 years old, so uh, he's one to keep an eye on. Up next, it was light heavyweights. Uh, two of our uh, two guys are a little bit longer in the tooth, but always put on a good show. Here is Robert Davis looking for that first win coming out of Barberville, Kentucky, taking on the debuting Adam Sylvie, the head coach at Wolves Den. So, you know, he already uh, had two of his fighters fight earlier in the evening. He's kind of been through that roller coaster, the ups and downs of that. Uh, and both of those guys took losses in, in but in good, exciting fights. Uh, leading up to his fight, and uh, he wasn't going to let uh, Wolves didn't take the sweep as he gets uh, that first round uh, victory uh, by TKO over Robert Davis and uh, gets uh, that first MMA uh, win uh, in his first try for uh, Adam Sylvie. So congrats to him, and we will see if we see Robert Davis back. I don't know if Robert was done after that one or if he's going to keep doing some grappling and stuff. Uh, hopefully we see him back. I hope we see both of these guys back. Sylvie was uh he's a pretty uh stacked old man. Yeah, uh, he's 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 put together for for an old timer. <laughs> yeah, he was, man. All three panelists took him on that one. The feature bout was to determine a number one contender to the featherweight title, currently held by Mr. Josh uh Lewis. Uh, coming off a win over Joe Long. So uh, we were looking to find a challenger for him. It was the streaking Bradley Brakefield, who'd won two in a row moving uh, coming into this one. Two and one out of the Goon Squad, No Mercy MMA in Union, South Carolina, taking on the uh, the Russian phenom, uh, Alex Russian DNA Pergande, um, 18 years old out of National MMA. Uh, he's a guy that we've hyped up on this podcast a lot. Uh, come into this one at two and zero, and off of a win over Andrew Sturdivant and uh, Saudi Daisy a couple months ago, and um, you know, uh, Brakefield, from what I recall, may have dropped him in the early goings, but uh, but after that, it was all Pergande 
who uh, ended up getting breakfield out of there in the first round and uh, becoming the number one contender. Yeah, so it might be uh, in for a in for a surprise there. Breakfield caught him with a right hand, just just right on the ear, yeah. early in the fight, and, and dropped Pergande. Um, but it, it didn't slow him down. He got back up, and once they got to the ground, it was it was all she wrote. You know, Pergande was was very very dominant there. All three panelists took Pergande on that one. You think uh, Pergande and Lewis is uh, is a competitive close one? Uh yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's definitely going to be an interesting fight. You know, Pergande's got the the ground chops to, um, if he gets taken down quick and and you know he has he has the uh, ability to slap on you know some submissions and, um, but man, Lewis is a uh, Lewis, Lewis is going to be a handful crush, for some crushing ground and pound. Yeah, and he's just full speed. I mean, you know, there's there's no slowdown in him. So, um, I think it's going to be a hell of a fun fight. Co-made event, we went all five rounds, and it was for the uh, inaugural USF MMA Southern Regional title. Uh, K-1 rules it was, and it was Andrea Fancy Lease coming in with a record of 6-6, six 6-6-1 and six, six, six and one actually, uh, taking on Chloe Greeley uh, out of Ascension MMA, who was 5-2 and two coming into this one. Uh, Well-fought uh, battle. We expected a lot of technical ability out of these ladies. We were correct in that. Both ladies uh, put on a very good show. Neither lady ever really able to, to you know, just absolutely hurt the other uh, visibly. So uh, I think the judges went off of uh, just shots landed, uh, you know, and Andrea Lee's got the unanimous decision win. Uh, just from the comments on the Facebook uh, feed, uh, I think a lot of people disagreed with this decision. Uh, you were one of the judges here. Your thoughts? Um, you know, like you said, it was, it was pretty much having to go off of shots landed and, and control. Um, and I thought, you know, Andrea Lee's, did just enough, but it was a tough one to judge. I mean, both of the girls were going back and forth, super technical, uh, both landing shots. Um, hell of a fight. I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch for sure. How did the panelists see it? Uh, all three panelists went for lease on that one. All right. And that brings us to the main event, and uh, it did not disappoint. This is one that I knew stylistically would deliver, and it did. It was 155 pounds. MMA, Brandon, the Honey Badger McGee, taking on Garrett Sharp, McGee out of the Gamma Camp in Greenville, Garrett Sharp out of KMAA in Knoxville. And, oh, man, let's talk about a fight. It was, uh, this is another one that was, it was back and forth. It was one-to-one going into the third round. I thought that McGee had uh, top control at a good opportune time to maybe kind of cruise on and get that third round, but he went off for a footlock. And uh, that ended up being a mistake because Gary Sharp was able to scramble out and gain top control and uh, ride that out uh, for pretty much the rest of the fight. I think McGee might have gotten a reversal very, very, very late, uh, too late to uh, to get that third round. Gary Sharp gets the decision win, moves to three and one. Uh, very impressive performance by both gentlemen. Yeah, it was uh, another super hard fight to judge, you know, it was. Uh, back and forth, like you said, it was one to one going into the third round. It all came down to that, and it was another just just super super tight round. Um, you know, Garrett Sharp looked great, but so did so did McGee. He was landing some big shots uh, on the ground. <clears throat> yeah, I was impressed with McGee on the ground. You know, his, his ability to to hang with Sharp. Um, you know, that's it's Sharp's you know specialty, I guess you could say. Um, and McGee was you know wasn't wasn't outclassed by any means down there. Um, so another, another excellent fight. That was, that was the one that I had, had pegged for fight of the night. And I, I think I got it right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was the fight of the night. Greg and, and Hobbs took McGee on that one and Billy went with sharp, but it wasn't quite enough. Greg still ends up winning by two, I believe. So the standings stay the same after it's all said and done. Greg Hopkins with a two point win. Uh, to take the final quarter of 2019. We will kick it off again in January for 2020. We'll start fresh with that first quarter with that Big Valor uh, 68 card that's going down at the Cotton Eye Joe January the 10th. One last thing before we wrap it up, uh, and that'll that'll do it for our uh, Valor 67 recap. Overall, a lot of fun. Uh, that was one of those nights, in, and I kind of 
knew it going in, you know, this is going to be one of those amateur cards. It's laid back. You don't have a lot of expectations and it, uh, and it just kind of surpasses your expectations because, uh, you know, you have good action. You had a good, lively, hot crowd that, uh, never really died. So yeah, it was definitely the best crowd I've seen in a long time. Uh, before we, before we wrap it up, I don't know if you noticed or not, but we announced our main event today, actually, uh, for February, February the 7th, it will be Valor 69 from the world famous Cotton Eye Joe. And it will be a title fight, five rounds at the top of the card, defending Valor champion, David Ruthless Robbins takes on the Bosnian barn cat, Demir for Hopbegovic in a fight that I know is going to be... A lot of fun, a lot of excitement, very tense. Uh, your uh, initial thoughts on that one? Yeah, I saw that uh, just a little bit ago, man. It's going to be a hell of a fight. Both those guys, you know, are super technical and and they bring it. You know, there's no back down in either one of them. I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, seeing a, a nice five-round fight. Um, you know, and David won the title. His opponent didn't want to go five, so, so they only went three, but um, – I'm looking forward to seeing what that fourth and fifth round holds. This is one of, you know, we say it a lot, but this truly is one of those fights that is is worth the price of admission alone. I'm sure we'll stack it up with lots more good shit. But uh, hey, that's a good it's a good it's a good building block for February. No doubt. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Valor Hour. Uh, hopefully everyone has a very Merry Christmas. Uh, I'm excited to spending uh, the rest of the week in chill mode with my family as we uh, celebrate the holidays. Justin, hopefully uh, you are able to do the same. Uh, till next week, I'm Tim Loy signing off. We'll be back next Monday again with another uh, with our year end, our final uh, a podcast of the year. It'll be another Monday show, so we are not doing it on New Year's years uh so until then once again uh make sure you uh you, you share this thing like it uh let's keep spreading the word we've got a a facebook page as well valor our podcast go give that a like and share you can vote for our year year end awards through uh, links that you'll find there as well till next week signing off valor hour we're out This is a Sitting Ringside with David Penzer Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Ladies and gentlemen, this week on Sitting Ringside, brought to you by Dollar Shave Club, we have our last episode of 2020, and who better to close it out than the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. And the way McMahon has always done it, man, he said, no, here's what I want to do. We want to make the public believe as much as possible that you're really this guy. And I said, how are we going to do that? He said, well, we're going to fly you everywhere first class. <laughs> uh, you're gonna, you know, and he says, when you get off the plane, there's gonna be a limousine there every town to meet you to take you to the hotel, hotel, uh, the Coliseum, back to the hotel, and back to the airport. So, wherever the public sees you there, they will see the appearance of wealth and affluence. And, and at that time, the only two other guys that got that kind of treatment were Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. And on top of that, you know, this guy walks out, <laughs> you know, way Vince does things, this guy walks into the room and counts out uh, $2,000 in brand new $100 bills and hands them to me. And Vince goes, this is your flash cash. And I said, flash cash? He <laughs> says, here's what I want you to do. He said, now, if you abuse it, you lose it. But uh, he says, for example, he says, you walk in a restaurant, announce yourself and tell everybody that you're picking up the tab and have Virgil with you and have him go around and pick up, you know, add them up, total them up, slap down the $100 bills, get the receipt, bring the receipt back to me, and we'll re- replenish the cash. You know, uh, we all know Rick and, and Rick, and you know how Rick Flair has always been party hardy. And hey, you know, there was a time I party hardied with him. And I, I told Rick, I said, here's the difference between you and me, Rick. I said, you're out there spending all of your money and I'm spending Vince's. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>